everybody, Dave DeBow, another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in all the way from beautiful Edmonton, Alberta, we've got an active real estate investor, Nathan Koronik. And Nathan has done a variety of things. He's been involved in wholesaling deals, buy and hold, flips. He's a very, very active real estate investor. And I'm excited to talk with him about his journey. So Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Glad to be here. And thank you for this opportunity. Uh, it's great, man. Excited to excited to chat with you. So for the sake of our listeners, why don't you just kind of bring us up to speed on your real estate investing experience to date? How did you get started? And then let's jump right into where are you at right now with your real estate investing business? All right. Well, I was actually started out, uh, I was a teacher by trade and did that for uh, about 23 years, but realized uh, I'd get a pension, but I, I'm not sure, I wasn't sure what that pension would be worth uh, when I got it. So uh, it was actually Rich Dad, Poor Dad that kind of got me on this track of, you know, do what the wealthy do and savers are losers. And so it kind of got me on a journey and my wife to to try to find, a, uh, I guess, a path uh, yeah. to acquire assets. And that was real estate. So, uh, and hey, you know what? I'll interject here. Hats off to you for having the the courage to leave that safe, secure government type job with a nice cushy pension at the end to to get involved in real estate. That takes some guts to do that. Oh, and it's uh, it's been a bit of a journey, no question, and some uh, some ups and downs. But uh, that's uh, that's what make makes the the journey interesting. The, so, what did uh, you get started with in real estate? What was your first deal? So that was in 2015. We bought, uh, we decided to buy a couple of condos, uh, furnished condos, and uh, I call it the gateway drug into real estate investing. Uh, condos, easy maintenance, and uh, it's worked out well. You know, in hindsight, uh, you know they dropped in value, but it got us into the game, got us started, and then we progressed into suited properties. So we have a few rentals. And that's one thing I would say to people that if you're contemplating doing real estate investing uh, at some point as full time is yeah. use that government job and that income that the banks love, qualify for mortgages at that point, max out your, uh, you know, your deals with the bank. Your, your per personal borrowing power. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, then once that's maximized, you've got a proof of concept that uh, then you can transition into doing this full time, which is what I did. And that was after we did a few of the, uh, the suites and kind of started realizing that, you know what, it's finding off market properties is the key. And uh, the, the, the money is made on the buy. And so that's kind of how I transitioned into wholesaling, start out as a side hustle. And uh, then kind of once I had proof of concept that this could actually work, I uh, decided to, to leave my job and do this full time. Nice, nice, exciting stuff. So uh, you've you've transitioned into doing wholesaling type deals. Uh, are you kind of cherry picking some of those properties and keeping them as buy and holds? I understand you're you're also doing some flips from time time to time. What is your what does your day to day business look like these days? At this point, uh, I have a, a partner and we're kind of joining. We have complementary skill sets. He's more focused on construction and, uh, and that side of things. That's not my skill set. I'm more in the the marketing, sales, meeting with with uh, people. And mm -hmm. so what we're doing basically is uh, a lot of cash generating. This is my primary income now. So we're doing flips and wholesales where, you know, where they make sense. And 
uh, I would say that's uh, that's our primary focus, not so much on the buy and holds, but we do still want to do some kind of long-term wealth in terms of uh, holding a property or two every now and then. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So what market area are you focusing on primarily, Nathan? So we're in the Edmonton area. That's our primary market, but we do basically a loop around the city with uh, you know areas like Leduc, Sherwood Park, St. Albert, Spruce Grove, Stony Plain, uh, and then we're also active in the Red Deer area. Excellent. All right. So for folks that aren't familiar with Alberta, what kind of a population base roughly does that represent? So Edmonton's about a million. The surrounding community, I would guess, probably two to three hundred thousand. And then Red Deer, 100,000 uh, in that community. So uh, getting close I, to 1.5 million altogether, give yeah. or take around all, all those areas. All right. Very, very cool, Nathan. So more or less kind of what, what volume of business are you guys doing on the wholesale side and on the flipping side of your business? Well, we're uh, kind of shifted from wholesaling to doing a lot more flips is that's okay. kind of our our focus as a, as a company uh we've kind of joined forces created a company called park property group and mm -hmm. and we're looking at flipping uh with volume so we we actually currently have four projects on the go we have one listed on mls one uh, about to hit this week uh we demolishing another one to put it back together and then we're getting one in at the end of march so we're kind of you know, that we're kind of around our uh, peak as far as what we're going to do. And hopefully we can keep this pace up, but uh, we are finding that uh, again, you said this day would come, but uh, we're, you know, capital is an issue. And even it, it's not even the the dollars that add up. It's, it's these, the overlap. And then if an opportunity comes up and all the capital is being used Tied up, yeah. now it's okay. We got to go find some more here. We, we got to get this deal. And yeah. So that's kind of where we are. That's one of the challenges we're facing. So at at this moment, it sounds like you can probably handle easily handle two or three deals at a time. Uh, but if it starts to get more than that, then it's a little bit complicated as, as far as the capital side of things goes. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, the three, uh, three, four, I think we can handle. We do have some of our own resources and we have started using some uh, some private lenders and we're always looking for more, but uh, it's always better to have too much than not enough. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's that's exciting. So that's that's a pretty serious business. How many different crews do you have working at any one time? We have uh, two full full time employees, and so they're we're basically going from from job to job currently and trying to finish one and then go on to the other one. So so far, it's kind of been a nice uh, a nice uh, progression going from one to the other. And then the property we're getting is at the end of March. Uh, that's the fourth one. But uh, so we're, that's the thing. It, it's tough to, like we we said, we don't want to have a instance where we're just buying properties just to keep people busy. But mm -hmm. there is a kind of a fine line between, uh, you know, keeping busy and and also, uh, you know, finding that that deal the, that makes sense. And we don't want to work for nothing like no one yeah. does, obviously, but uh, sometimes things don't go according to plan. But so far, it's gone quite well. So just to give people perspective, you focused a lot on doing wholesale deals previously. That is that correct, Nathan? So I know every deal is going to be a little bit different, but uh, give or take, what what kind of assignment fees would you be getting on average for your normal kind of a a wholesale type deal? I would say really it's about ten thousand. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're, uh, you know, we're not looking to make a, a fortune off people and we're trying to pay a fair price and, yeah. uh, you know, it's a competitive market. But everybody's everybody's got to make a few bucks. That's for sure. Yeah. And then and compare and contrast that, what, what are you anticipating your average profit to be doing a flip? I would say it'd be the range of 25 to 35, yeah. you know, give or take. And sometimes there's projects obviously where you're buying a 1950s bungalow that's had nothing done and and then you're reconstructing the house so we're trying to find that that balance of how much to do and how much time it takes and and uh and then the profit at the end if you're you know working six months to make thirty thousand versus two months obviously you'd rather do that in the two-month time frame so that's just something that we're we're trying to find the again the type of property but you know it's uh you have your model but the reality is often slightly different well, with two employees, you you must still have to subcontract some stuff. We do, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, very, very interesting. And realistically, how long do you guys anticipate it to do your average flip? Is it going to be a, a three-month process or or is it usually able to do it a little tighter than that? I would say it would be two to three. There's one that we took on recently uh, it was an opportunity that came up from a, a motivated seller just needed to sell and it didn't need a ton of work. It was kind of a newer home, newer and a higher price point than we typically purchase. But given the amount of work that uh, there was that had to be done, we just thought, you know, we could take this on. We could finish it in about a month and we're about to to list that property. So it uh, it does vary. But yeah, those those five, six month projects the one risk that you face is that your the market can shift yeah. on you and and you know something that made sense on paper again it's usually the cost they don't go down over time they just keep rising so that's uh, that longer time frame can be tricky yeah you got to be careful of that that's for sure so um when it comes to partnerships i know you're you're at the time we're recording this you're kind of into a new business partnership and I was reading on on the information you sent in ahead of the call that you just got out of a partnership that didn't work too well. So are you are you open to talking a little bit about that? Because I find that really, really common for a lot of people is that was my case, that's for sure. First partnership uh, didn't work out all that well. What what's your take on that as, as far as working with partners in your business? Well, I would say there's a few keys that are important. And again, every experience you have in life is uh, there's good and bad of uh, out of it. I heard someone say there's no such thing as a one-sided coin. And from everything you experience, good and bad, there's negative in the good things and and uh, positive in the negative things. But I would say from that experience, the, the one thing that I really focused on with uh, my current partner is that uh, just alignment of values. And uh, that was super important. And then another thing was the uh, just to have the uh, uh, oh, clear, dis- clear division of responsibilities. That's oh, what got me screwed yeah. in, the, in the first place. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, sorry. The similar goals too was the uh, the other thing. And uh-huh. then finally, as you said, this the complementary skill set. So again, if you have two general contractors saying, "Hey, we we work well together. You know, we do the same thing. Let's have a partnership." It that's not going to work so well, but uh, because I'm uh, I work well with uh, with uh, Jason, my partner. It's uh, and we do different things. It, it works well. And the interesting thing too is, you know, somebody said 
you know, well, when you, before you, uh, I guess there are arranged marriages, but typically uh, it's good to date and get to know the person before you uh, tie the knot. But we spent a lot of time, I would say, dating in a sense, uh, because we, I wholesaled several properties to him. I saw oh. the quality of his work and and how he did business and and vice versa. And uh, so over time, you know, their uh, comfort level developed and, you know, in conversations. And and uh, I think it's just been a, a better fit from, from my oh. first partnership. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. So Nathan, what are your plans? What are your goals? If you could wave the realistic magic wand, this is kind of a new business partnership. You got four deals on the go or about to be go on the go. Where do you see the business 12 months from today? Well, I would like to, uh, Jason and I have talked about that. We'd like to do uh, 10 flips this year and uh, then about 15 wholesale deals you know, through the course of the year. And uh, obviously with uh, the opportunities that come up, we're trying to put more into the, as we have employees that can do the renovations, we're trying to put more into the uh, kind of the flipping box, but uh, but still wholesale properties. And, and that's what we're finding now. We actually have two two properties, one uh, under contract that we, uh, we got uh, last week, and then one actually just under contract today. And uh, we're trying to decide what to do with that. But that's, again, is that maybe a longer term hold? We won't get possession of one for a few months. So we're kind of wondering at that point, well, maybe we should just hold on to this one because it'll kind of fit in nicely once these other two are are done or, or well yeah. on their way. So, okay, no, that's cool. So you're looking to do 10 flips over the next year and hopefully 15 wholesale deals and maybe hold on to a property or two as you're going along as well. Is that is that kind of the ongoing plan after that, that kind of volume of business would keep you both busy and, and be lucrative. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. You got a good, good solid plan. So, you know, you've, you've already got a lot of ex- success in what you're doing. Um, just out of personal curiosity, because we're both kind of marketing guys, what are you finding works best these days for finding motivated sellers? Well, I would say it's, actually a combination of things like we do have a website for our company sunrise home buyers so we do uh put put some effort into uh seo and our search optimization to rank high uh so obviously the internet is the future it's some people have called it digital real estate so it's important to have a good website uh we also do some direct mail uh we run some facebook ads and uh you know networking with with realtors and other investors and uh, just telling people what we do, and uh, just we find that the uh, the sum is greater than the uh, the parts, uh, and uh, it just kind of all works together and complements uh, one another and what we're doing. And and uh, we yeah, there's not there's not one magic bullet, is there? It's it's like no. it's doing all of that stuff. Back in the day when I was running my little I buy houses business, that that was the same thing for me. It was like vehicles. This was before the internet was all that big. Uh, well, it was, you know what I mean? Uh, but it was, it was a combination of the direct mail and the vehicle signage and the tear tab signs and the business cards and the networking and the online presence. It, it all kind of and came together. It's not one thing. Awesome. So Nathan, you've, you, you've done a lot. You're doing a lot. Uh, what are, you know, what might be something that might slow you down right now from hitting those goals? Well, I would say that uh, I've had a few limiting beliefs that I've had to overcome. And one of the the struggles is, uh, aside from never going to be a landlord in my life and never have my own business, uh, which that's the case now, is uh, hiring an employee. So 
Uh, we we are a partnership, but we do sort of manage things separately. But uh, onboarding someone, I, I found it tough. The uh, as the the book, the E Myth says, it's the challenge is to work on your business, not in your business. Mm -hmm. So I find that's a challenge now is balancing family life. We have four kids; they're in sports. Uh, I coach as well. That's one reason why I left teaching is I wanted an opportunity to coach my own kids for a change, not just other people's. But it's is managing time, uh, organization, and then onboarding uh, an employee to help me with the administration, and and it's uh, it's just even finding the time to to get ahead. I heard somebody say, uh, you know, if you're driving around with a flat tire, do you have time to change that tire or not? And it's uh, it sounds so easy, but uh, it's a little tougher in practice. Yeah, or sharpening those skates, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What was I going to say? Well, I know I, I struggle with the same things here. Here's a quick tip that's worked nicely for me when I remembered to do it. Um, because coming up with those SOP standard operating procedures is a real pain in the butt. And that's what Gerber talks about a lot in the E-Myth. I read that book, geez, 25 years ago now. Uh, what works really well and is a lot easier is to video record it. So if you're doing something, for example, if it's something that you need to do on the computer, then you can videotape yourself walking through that and then just talk talk through the process instead of having to write it all down. So the next time you have to do it, record yourself doing it and use that as the training thing instead of having to, thinking that you have to create the, the checklists and do all of that kind of stuff too. So that's a shortcut that might be helpful for you in certain in certain circumstances nathan no that's yeah. good to know and yeah. uh yeah i've tried uh done a couple of those with uh creating loom videos yeah or you know that very thing and uh, it is very helpful yeah it's a lot easier than writing stuff out at least i find it is so you guys are what, what are you doing to finance your deals are you using any private capital for your deals nathan we are we're currently working with some uh some private lenders and that's something that's you know, by necessity, it's, uh, you know, I think most people can, you know, handle a deal or two, uh, but we are using private lenders and uh, private capital as well as our own capital, but we're finding that we're kind of running up uh, against the wall here. It's, we can manage where we are now, but now when one more opportunity comes along, uh, now, you know, we need that capital. It's and, a little tight. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's always good to have a lot of lenders as opposed to, again, coming up short. So, that's, what, uh, what have you done to date to generate the interest in the lenders that you currently have, the private lenders, not the hard money guys, but the the private money guys? Well, what we've worked with uh, Calvert, mm -hmm. so that's uh, that's one company we've used, uh, but also uh, just through the local RIA, there was a contact that we uh, that we made. He's a private lender; he kind of brokers essentially for for uh, several private lenders, and uh, we're using him on that property we're closing on at the end of March. Now, do you have do you guys have any of your own private lenders that that you've uh, developed over the years, or, or are you just working more with these professional type folks? Well, the uh, Jason has a, a family member that okay. uh, he's used, and so that is one thing why it's here's the you know the the crux of the issue is that now that private lender is ready to kind of move on and and retire, so now that kind of fills a a bit of a void there. So we've got to replace that. Uh, replace that lender. So it's kind of family friends, but uh, we're uh, like, our business, like we've both been focused more on doing the deals. And now it's, 
again, we're at that point where we do need to raise that capital. Yeah, no, that's, that's always a challenge, right? And you're busy. You got four kids doing sports. You're, you're, you've got a full-time business uh, generating leads. You're, you've got four projects on the go. There's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, it can be challenging. That's for sure. So, well, hats off to you for, for all that you, that you guys are doing. You're doing some exciting stuff. I'm very happy to hear that this partnership has a much stronger foundation than than your first partnership perhaps did. And I love the fact that you kind of tested the waters first by doing business with each other before you joined forces. That's really, really smart. So I think, you know, basing on the the perhaps somewhat painful lessons you might've had from the first partnership going into this one, I think it's going to work way, way better for you. And I love the fact that you guys are doing a combination based on your strengths, right? Your partner is, he's great at, the, the general contracting side of things. You're great at the marketing side of things. You're joining the forces there. You're doing flips, but you're also open to continuing to do wholesale deals. And then when the the time is right, you're you're holding on to some of these properties for that long-term wealth generation. So good stuff. So Nathan, if people want to connect with you and find out more about you, where can they go? What's the best place? Uh, they can uh, connect through our website, Sunrise Home Buyers. Uh, .ca. Just Google us where uh, we should hopefully pop up there, but uh, they can also uh, email us if they're interested at uh, sunrisebuyers at gmail.com. But uh, yeah, connect that way. And I'd be happy to chat with anyone who wants to learn about flipping or wholesaling or or private lending even. Awesome. Very good. Nathan, say, thanks so much. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. All right, everybody take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.